the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The DOJ announces the first indictments for acts of terrorism against pregnancy centers. We don't want any violence anywhere. But let's have let's not have this double standard. Mayor Eric Adams complains that sanctuary cities must take the brunt of illegal immigration. We should not be having an argument whatsoever about the southern border. We should secure the border. Southwest Airlines goes on an apology tour. We're still seeing operational struggles today. For example, they've canceled like 6% of their flights. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, January 26th. I'm Mike Scott. The Department of Justice has announced two indictments by a federal grand jury regarding the case where pregnancy centers were targeted with vandalism and intimidation across the country after the Supreme Court's Dobbs decision. Two Florida residents have been indicted on federal charges for allegedly defacing pregnancy resource centers and threatening the people who work there. The Department of Justice said they violated the FACE Act. The indicted suspects include Caleb Freestone and Amber Smith Stewart who were allegedly trying to prevent employees from the targeted crisis pregnancy centers from providing services. According to court documents, allegedly the suspects spray-painted threats on the building, including, if abortions aren't safe, then neither are you. Your time is up. And we're coming for you. In addition, it's alleged the defendants also targeted pro-life organizations in Hollywood, Florida, and Hialeah, Florida. The Justice Department explained that the indictment alleges the defendants violated the FACE Act, the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances, by using threats of force to intimidate and interfere with employees of a reproductive health services facility. Jim Jordan, the House Republican from Ohio, explains what the FACE Act is. The FACE Act prohibits threats of force, obstruction, and property damage intended to interfere with reproductive health care services. Let me just go over that again. Prohibits threats of force, obstruction, and property damage intended to interfere with reproductive health care services. The Justice Department has said this act is not just about abortion, abortions, but applies as well to pro-life, I'm quoting, pro-life pregnancy counseling services and other pregnancy support facilities providing reproductive health care. Jordan goes on to recount the alleged crimes against the crisis pregnancy centers. On May 8, 2022, Mother's Day, activists targeted a pro-life nonprofit center in Madison, Wisconsin, set blaze and vandalizing it with the words, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. On June 3, 2022, left-wing anti-life activists targeted the Capitol Hill Crisis Pregnancy Center, throwing red paint on the door, eggs in the window, and spray-painting the building with Jane Says Revenge. On June 25th, 
2022 in Longmont, Colorado, vandals graffitied and set fire, set fire to the Life Choices' pre-pregnancy center. And this has happened dozens and dozens and dozens of times all across the country. Jordan explains why he feels there is a double standard in the way the Justice Department deals with pro-life activists. If you're a pro-life activist and you're praying outside an abortion clinic like Mark Houck, guess what happens to you? FBI kicks in your door, arrests you, puts you in handcuffs, and, and does it in front of your wife and seven children. That's what happens. So we, we, we want this... Look, we don't want violence anywhere. As Mr. Cicilline said in one minute, we don't want, we don't want any violence anywhere. But let's, have, let's not have this double standard. The Ohio Republican goes on to say that the Justice Department has yet to hold anyone accountable for violating the law that prohibits protesting outside of the homes of Supreme Court justices. Think about what happened after the Dobbs decision was leaked, the leaked draft of that opinion. You had activists protesting at every Supreme Court. Well, not everyone, because only the conservative justices' names were doxed and information put out there. You had protests at their place in direct violation of the statute, 18 U.S.C. 1507. You're not supposed to be protesting, interfering at, 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 at with a, uh, uh, when a decision is pending in front of a Supreme Court justice's home. Direct violation of the statute. And again, nothing happened. Jordan maintains that this is about the right to life. We appreciate the good work that happens at crisis pregnancy centers where they take in women, where they help them, help them and help that unborn child, make sure that that unborn child gets to experience the gift of life, the sanctity of life is what this is all about. Marjorie Dannenfelser, the president of the Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America group, released a statement saying in part, quote, with a new House GOP majority positioned to exercise its oversight powers, we are finally beginning to see some accountability. Yet, the Justice Department continues to target people of states that protect unborn children and their mothers. Congressional Democrats had the opportunity to condemn the violence, and all but three refused. Again, we've called on the White House to stop vilifying pro-life Americans. According to the DOJ, each defendant would face a maximum of 12 years in prison, three years of supervised release, and fines of up to $350,000. President Joe Biden says the U.S. will send 31 M1 Abrams battle tanks to Ukraine, reversing months of persistent arguments that the tanks were too difficult for Ukrainian troops to operate and maintain. Daybreak Insider's Ed Donahue has more from Washington. It's 31 M1 Abrams battle tanks. The equivalent of one Ukrainian battalion. President Biden made the announcement reversing months of persistent arguments that the tanks were too difficult for Ukrainian troops to operate and maintain. Delivering these tanks to the field is going to take time. Time uh, that we'll see, uh, we'll use to make sure the Ukrainians are fully prepared. Germany has agreed to send 14 Leopard 2 A6 tanks from its own stocks to Ukraine. The president says this is about helping Ukraine defend its land. Russia's ambassador to Germany calls Berlin's decision to send Leopard 2 tanks to Ukraine extremely dangerous. Ed Donahue, Washington. 
Democratic Mayor of New York City Eric Adams is lamenting how sanctuary cities are now taking the brunt of the fallout of the crisis at the southern border. Adams says the city and its resources are being stretched thin due to the large number of illegal immigrants coming to his city. I believe that when I took the trip to the El Paso, you could see firsthand the impact of how it not only uh, harmed the foundation of El Paso, but look at Chicago, Houston, Washington, New York City. This is just unfair for cities to uh, carry the weight of a national problem. We're going to open four more uh, Hotels, emergency hotels, we have to open Herc's. Uh, this is a major financial impact on New York City and cities across this country that are receiving a brunt of it. Mayor Adams states that while he believes the U.S. needs comprehensive immigration reforms, the problem that needs to be solved right now is the surge of illegal crossings. We have to have a real comprehensive immigration policies. And I think that the Republicans have blocked it for many years. Uh, We have to come to the table to do so. But that's a long-term plan. What's the short-term plan? If my house is burning, I don't want to hear about fire prevention. Let's put out the fire. And the fire right now is the overproliferation of migrant and asylum seekers in in, in several cities in the country. The New York City mayor complains that there is a lack of communication coming from the White House. In coordination, uh, I was told that we have a an individual that's coordinating the operation. And as I shared with White House officials, why don't I know who that is? Uh, It's about having a real decompression strategy, looking at who's coming in and ensuring that it is really a burden by the entire country, not just a few cities. And just the pathway continues to lead to New York. New York City has had to open a fifth shelter for recent arrivals from the southern border, which is in addition to using hotels and homeless shelters to house people coming from Latin America and even parts of Asia. Meanwhile, House Republicans had to go back to the drawing board on a bill that was meant to address the crisis at the southern border due to pushback from moderate Republicans. News Nation's Joe Khalil has more details on the crafting of the bill. This new bill that uh, is intended to secure border security actually gives the authority to uh, the Homeland Security chief to turn away any migrant under any circumstance so long as there's considered to be a crisis at the southern border. But as you mentioned off the top, some said that that went too far and that Republican bill was supposed to get a vote this week. It is now delayed because of opposition, surprisingly not from Democrats, but from some more moderate Republicans. Khalil goes on to report what moderate Republicans want changed in that border security bill. They're worried about the case of families fleeing legitimate violence with their children. They say that those migrant families, and especially the kids, those cases should be allowed to at least have an opportunity to apply for asylum in the U.S., and that wouldn't necessarily be the case under the bill. So it was supposed to be fast-tracked. It was sponsored by Congressman Chip Roy from Texas. Uh, It was one of the bills that Speaker McCarthy prioritized to get a vote this week. Part of the deal, actually, that brought McCarthy to get enough votes to become Speaker in the first place. But clearly, at this point, it just did not have the support that it needed to move forward. Remember, Adrian, that uh, these House Republicans now have a razor-thin majority, which means just four of them 
can literally block any bill that their party wants to move forward. There were more than four that were opposed to this one. So this is the deal that they're working on. But again, uh, Leader Scalise tells us they're going back to the drawing board, going to roll it into a larger package, and we're going to see soon if they can coalesce around something that all sides of the Republican House majority agrees on. Brandon Tatum, host of the Officer Tatum show on the Salem Radio Network, says in his opinion that apprehension of people on the terror watch list at the southern border has skyrocketed under President Biden. The rest on the southern border of people of the U.S., the people on the U.S. terrorist watch list are skyrocketing under Biden administration from zero in 2019 before the COVID-19 pandemic to 98 last fiscal year according to official data so far this fiscal year, which began in October of 2022 customs and border patrol have encountered 38 non U S citizens at the Southern border or at the Southern U S border on the terrorist screening data set or yeah, data set also known as the watch list. The number of watch list arrests is making up, an increasing percentage of border encounters data show while a record number of nearly 2.4 million illegal immigrants were encountered last fiscal year, 2.4 million. Tatum says that the amount of illegal migrants crossing the Southern border is staggering and mind boggling. I live right now in the Phoenix Valley. So about 4 million people live in Phoenix Valley and Phoenix is one of the largest cities in the, in the United States of America. About 4 million people live in the Phoenix Valley. You're telling me that almost half of the Phoenix Valley, one of the biggest cities in the country, our Border Patrol agents have encountered that many illegals. I wish I'd, I wish I'd have looked up and done my due diligence to look up what cities and what their population numbers are. But 2.4 million illegals encountered? You got to think, how many did they not encounter? Tatum explains that if you add the number of gotaways to the number of known illegal migrant encounters, you get nearly 4 million illegal immigrants in this country. It says about 1.2 million illegal migrants are known to be um, gotaways since Biden entered office. This means that migrants are believed to have entered the United States without encountering Border Patrol first. That's almost, you add the numbers together, that'll be 3.6 million. Let's round it up to about 4 million. That's about the, the size of Phoenix, Arizona, where the illegals either encountered or not encountered at our southern border. The Salem Radio host says that there should not be a debate on securing the southern border. We should not be having an argument whatsoever about the southern border. We should secure the border. Our argument should be, whether or not we allow immigration or not, that can be a legitimate argument. Maybe Republicans think we should stop immigration altogether, which I've never heard a Republican make that. Never heard. I would mean I say I never heard a Republican make that argument. It doesn't seem to be a mainstream thought process with majority of Republicans that we should end immigration altogether. We should be having a debate after our border is secured. Do we want merit-based immigration? Do we want unlimited immigration? Do we want immigration that is diversified, which means that we allow people from Mexico and from Africa to come here? We don't discriminate because it's convenient to come to our southern border. Well, I guess 
2.2 million people could just come here because they're close to us. We, we, if, if our government was having those arguments, uh, debates, discussions, I think it's, I, I still think it's, it's mind blowing that we would have even discussions like that, but it's more reasonable. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says embattled GOP lawmaker George Santos will be removed from office if it's determined he broke the law. Daybreak insider Bob Agnew has more from Capitol Hill on this developing story. McCarthy says Santos' political fate lies in the hands of the House Ethics Committee. The Speaker says despite Santos' alleged string of falsehoods during the campaign, he was elected by the voters in his New York district and that it would violate the Constitution for House leadership to bar him from serving. Everything changes, McCarthy says, if the ethics panel determines that Santos has committed crimes. Santos has admitted to padding his resume to get elected, but is so far refusing to resign, saying he was elected by the voters to serve. Bob Agnew, Capitol Hill. According to Southwest CEO Bob Jordan, the airline company, quote, messed up, end quote. Jordan's focus now is making sure that a similar meltdown never happens again. As such, the airline has now reportedly hired a consulting firm to review its processes and interview staff members to lay out what went wrong and figure out how to avoid it in the future. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg says his department is also looking further into the airline's holiday turmoil and will also probe if Southwest executives engaged in, quote, unrealistic scheduling of flights, end quote. That's a practice which is considered to be unfair and deceptive by federal law. Southwest has handed out about 25,000 rapid rewards points, about $300 in value, to about 2 million people who've had flights booked over the chaotic holiday period. The airline also says that they will most likely take a financial hit between $725 million and $825 million. Connor Cunningham of Melius Research and their director of airline and travel says more apologies are coming. We're about to go through a big apology tour from Southwest. Um, they're going to apologize to, to the people they impacted, shareholders, um, their employees, and so on. So uh, it should be a very interesting call. I think what, what people are looking for is just how does this deviate from their from their long-term plan? Do they adjust their 2023 outlook as a result of this? Um, you know, our initial take is that they probably do not, and maybe they walk back some capacity growth in the first half of the year um, as they try to normalize uh, the operation. We're still seeing operational struggles today, for example. They've, they've canceled like 6% of their flights, uh, likely due to weather. Um, there's been just ongoing issues um, and weather has been the starting point. It's just kind of been a rolling uh, concern across the, across the group in general. Cunningham says that while Southwest is staring down writing a hefty check to correct their operational miscues, it's an expense that they need to pay. From what we've done for Southwest in our model, uh, we assume that they're going to spend you know $500 million incremental uh, to upwards of a billion uh, this year to try to to, to, to adjust uh, IT investment. You know, it's hard. I don't know how much an off-the-shelf uh, 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 new new system costs, but it's going to cost a lot. Um, and and the and honestly, the price shouldn't matter. They, uh, Southwest has 
the cash on hand to, to, to do something like this. And, you know, this is the opportunity to kind of make make right what you've done wrong. So, um, you know, we're hopeful uh, that, the, that they that they see that and they and they adjust. Um, and then from here going forward, that the that the operation remains the center of everything. You know, again, uh, if you can't get to your destination, people aren't going to book you. So the concern is always going to be book away to another airline that's doing well. Cunningham goes on to explain the labor issues that Southwest is also facing. It's about driving the confidence going forward, getting labor on on, on, on board. So there's been they they have several pilot I have several labor agreements that are open and they need to get those settled. They need to get them settled super quick. Um, they're already assuming a lot of that cost in their in their structure right now. Uh, but you know the, the overall unrest on 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 the on the people side is is pretty immense. So uh, it's about aligning everyone on the same strategy. And so they got a new CEO. Uh, Bob has been there a very long time. Uh, he needs to get everyone on the right page and, and, and get them moving in the right direction. As soon as you get the culture fixed um, and everyone pointing in the right way, uh, things should start to click. Um, you know, is that going to be a tomorrow event? I don't. Probably not. But it could be. It could be something that happens over the next year. So it's about it's about doing the stuff in the near term that that, that you need to execute on from an operational standpoint um, and have that momentum carry through uh, into the years to come. Southwest has nearly finished processing customer refunds and is working through the more complex task of reimbursements, which reports suggest includes everything from meals to dog-sitting fees. Boeing has reported a loss of $634 million in its fourth quarter. Daybreak Insider's Jeremy House has details on the financial numbers. The Arlington, Virginia-based company said it had a loss of $1.06 on a per-share basis. Losses adjusted for non-recurring gains came to $1.75 per share. The results did not meet Wall Street expectations. The average estimate of seven analysts surveyed by Zach's Investment Research was for earnings of $0.05 per share. The airplane builder posted revenue of $19.98 billion in the period, which topped street forecasts. And finally. A mystery that hovered above the skies of Hawaii has been solved. On Wednesday, a strange floating spiral was captured on the Subaru telescope on Mauna Kea. Many theories surrounded the aerial phenomenon until SpaceX confirmed that it was a satellite. Mystery solved. Now, this past Wednesday, the Subaru telescope on Mauna Kea captured video of this mysterious light over Hawaii. Check it out. Well, guess what? It is not a UFO, they confirmed. It turns out that the so-called flying spiral is actually a new satellite that was launched earlier that day by SpaceX. SpaceX sent the global positioning satellite into space for the U.S. Space Force. Scott Tilley is a satellite tracker and wrote on Twitter saying, quote, the location of the spiral was a close match for where the second stage Falcon 9 rocket from SpaceX was expected to be in minutes after the launch, end quote. Officials said this isn't the first time a similar glowing circular figure was spotted after a SpaceX launch. 
In other instances, space enthusiasts have said that the spiral shape happens due to the upper stage of the Falcon 9 vents releasing fuel during its descent into the ocean. Officials said SpaceX sent five missions to space in the first 19 days of 2023. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.